she got too old to do anything else with him, of course, other than marry him. The fifth question is, why, what does your mother do in her spare time? And all of them said, my mama says she don't have no spare time. And then the sixth question is, if you could change one thing about your mama, what would it be? And they said, I would like to get rid of those invisible eyes in the back of her head. I don't know about your mama, but my mama knew things while I was doing them. And somehow I always got caught and busted. Well, when you have grandkids, and, and you will if you hang around long enough, you know that there's special things about grandkids that's so cool. I got one that can't pass a gas station without wanting to go in tonight. We had to go to the gas station, and one was down here at Chevron, wasn't open. She said, well, you can go across the street. And I said, yep, we can go in there. So, but when these grandkids go to kicking up their heels and getting in trouble, I've learned the magic statement. Let me see your phone. They said, why? I said, because I'm going to call your, and I ain't going to tell you which one because they already know. But, boy, when it come to my daddy, if you were to say, Mike Franklin, I'm going to tell your daddy, that's all you had to say. You had my attention because I knew he'd tear my tail up, and he would get my attention. But tonight, the, or this afternoon, the attention that we're going to give is to the mama. The wisest man who ever lived, a king named Solomon, wrote basically an entire chapter on the wonders of a wonderful mother. Children are sweet, and dads are super, but moms are special. And I know my mama was a special person to me, and, of course, I was a mama's boy. And uh, she was very special to me. Dads should be the head of the home. And children are the hub of the home, but mama is the heart of the home. She's what makes the home a place where the family comes together. So I, I just kind of want to zero in the, on, the, on the idea of the character of mama, the character of your mother. Maybe some of you can remember the word character means moral or ethical, honest a person of courage, a person of integrity and loyalty. Proverbs 31 verse 10 says, Who can find a virtuous, capable wife? She is worth more than precious rubies. The word virtuous means strength, endurance, ability. The first thing that I want to say about a woman of character, a woman of integrity is that she is a woman of strength. She is capable of enduring things, going through things, maybe when your whole family is falling apart. If I have any single men out there listening to me, I want you to know, if you want to know really what kind of woman to look for, I'm not saying that she shouldn't look good in your eyes, but I'll tell you this, as we grow older, or at least as I look in the mirror, I don't look the same anymore that I did all hush. Uh, excuse me, I didn't mean to say that. A single man ought to look for a lady that has character. Now you can blow your horns. Virtue and godliness. <laughs> You've heard the old saying, I'm sure, beauty is only skin deep. Somebody put it this way. 
Beauty is only skin deep. Ugly goes to the bone. Beauty simply fades away, and ugly holds its own. Wrinkles come, bodies sag, bags stoop, and legs give out. But a godly, a good godly, heart full of grace woman is strong to the end. Verse 10 says she is worth more than precious rubies. In our world, it seems like all we want to focus on is what do they look like, not who they are. Now, I got you. Uh, when I was dating my wife, I, I was dating, and it's still today, a beautiful woman. But you know what? Beauty is only skin deep. You see, a diamond catches the light and reflects the outward only appearance. But a ruby is in the, is in the inner glow. Its beauty is in the inner glow. The beauty of a diamond is on the outside. <clears throat> a ruby's emphasis is on the inside. Listen to 1 Peter 3.3, 3, which says, You ladies, don't be concerned only about outward beauty. That depends on fancy hairstyles, expensive jewelry, or beautiful clothes. You should know for for the you should be be known for the beauty that comes from within. If you've been married at least six months to a year, this next statement will make a little bit more sense to you. And that is if you're looking or you're a guy that's looking to get married, there's two the most important decisions you'll ever make. Number one, the Lord that you serve, and then number two, the lady that you marry. The first decision will determine whether or not you experience heaven or hell in the life of come, the life to come in eternity. The second decision will determine whether or not you experience heaven or hell in this life with whoever you're living with. So understand that a woman of strength is real important. But then second of all, verse 11 speaks of a woman of skill. It says that her husband can trust her, and she will greatly enrich his life. The word trust is the foundation of relationship. Without trust, there can, love will cease, and you'll begin to go backwards. But in this text, the, the new King James Version says, he will have no lack of gain. And in the context of this is what he's talking about. He's talking about a woman that has the ability not spend money, but manage money. Now, every, is there any woman don't, that don't like to spend money? I haven't found too many, and, and they're good at it. But when it comes to managing money, that's a whole different subject. As you'll see, and we look into this, we see the importance of how managing your finances is. You see, managing money is just as important as table manners and your ability to read. There are four practical things that I've learned as I've been on this earth with my wife for right at 43 years. And, and I want to mention them to you. Number one is how to make change. When I was 15 years old, I was living around the South Cab area. And on Glenwood, there was a place called Belvedere. Some of you might remember that. 
All right, well, there's one, two of us. Belvedere had a, in a strip-type shopping center, had a, Ken, a shoe store named Kenny's. That was where I had my first job. I sold shoes. Now, I didn't care for it, but I stayed there until I, I got my second job. But I learned in that job how to make change and the importance of how to make change. But when I got married, I noticed that my wife, every time we buy something, every time we go out to eat, it doesn't matter whether it's Longhorn, Waffle House, Chris, it don't matter. She asked one question. Let me see the receipt. Well, how many of you ladies do that? You want to look at that receipt? All right. Got some more skillful women. I thought she was up trying to figure out how much I paid for the meal, but that wasn't the case at all. What she was trying to do is to see, whether it be Home Depot or wherever, Walmart especially, check your receipt. Why? Because some of you got double charged for some of your items. You take a $10 item and you're charged twice, that's $20. That's $10 more than you should have paid. That's called learning how to not only... Uh, be honest, but to make change and check your transactions. The second thing is to balance a checkbook. <clears throat> Why is balancing a checkbook so important? <clears throat> well, I'll tell you. If you're always spending and you don't check your money that's in the bank and you write checks before long, you're going to be bouncing checks. Now, if you're a cash man or a cash lady... When you run out of cash, you won't be spending. But when you're writing checks, if you're balancing checks, let me tell you what you're not doing. You're not balancing your checkbook. And so it's important that we understand that it's, it's significant and it's a good uh, practice for you and I to learn how to keep up with our money. And then thirdly, pay bills on time. You say, well, I don't think that's all that important. They can get my money when I want to give it to them. Well, let me tell you something. Your credit report won't say that. And I promise you, if you got a rotten uh, credit report, it's most likely you've been paying bills on time or you don't pay them at all. And so understand that a part of managing the household is paying your bills on time. And then fourthly, how to create a budget. And it's one thing to have a budget. It's another thing to live under that budget. When my wife, some of you don't even know what a budget is, so you need to start from ground level. You need to start from zero and look it up in the dictionary. What is a budget? What does it mean? What is it, some, especially some of you guys here, because I, I know I don't have to define spending. I don't have to define, uh, define uh, taking your money and buying something, but if it fits the budget, fine. But if it don't, you're going to get in trouble if you can't learn to budget. The other night, my wife said, would you spend some time with me? And it was about an hour and a half listening to a, a podcast with Dave Ramsey. And Dave Ramsey started from the very point to the, to the end of financial freedom. And one of those, of course, in there is learning how to not only create a budget, but to live under a budget. Well, for a woman to be of character, she should be a woman of strength, a woman of skill, and then a woman of safety, of security, of stability. Verse 12 says, She will not hinder her husband 
but help him all of her life. The New King James Version says she does him good and not evil all the days of her life. What is the mark of a good wife? What is the mark of a good mother? She's, she is good to her husband, and she's good for her husband. She's a fountain of blessing that never runs dry. She does her husband good always in all, always in all ways. She's the greatest encourager a husband will ever have. She's a number one cheerleader. She never speaks evil of her husband or defames his character in public or in private. She never tears him down, and she never attacks him as a father or a husband. Anything other than that is a home of chaos. Hopefully, you've been shown in the last month and a half that we live in a, we live in a very warped society. I, if you know who to believe, you're a better person than I am. I don't trust the government. I don't trust anything I'm listening to. I don't even trust some of the people who have opinions that, about what's going on. But I do trust God. And I believe that He will work with us and He's going to take care of us and provide for us through what we're going through. But you know what? In our society... Parents have allowed their children to chase after everything but God. We teach them that school is more important than God. That money is more important than God. Athletics and and recreation is more important than anything at the church or anything that God would have to do. But, you know, it's interesting. You also wonder why when your child graduates from high school that they don't darken the doors of a church either. You know what? They're just modeling what you do. They're modeling what you're making important. They're modeling what you say is your God in your life. And they exit in the church and they disappear. Proverbs 31, 26 says, When your mother speaks, her words are wise. And kindness is the rule when she gives instruction. Mama is really the master teacher in most homes. And some of the greatest life lessons you'll ever learn is what your mama taught you. I know some of you right now, you've got certain things in your life that you do because you say, that's what my mama taught me to do. Well, my mama taught me a lot of different things too. And, and I'm going to share a few of those things with you. While I was living and coming up, my mama taught me about anticipation. Because there were times that she'd look at me and she said, you just wait till we get home. Well, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I dreaded that trip to the house. My mama taught me about receiving, too. She said, you're going to get it when you get home. Now, <clears throat> some of you are saying that same thing to your kids today. My mama taught me about logic. She said, if you fall out of that swing and break your neck, you're not going to go to Walmart with me tonight. Well, I guess I won't. But that's good logic. My mom also taught me psychology. She said, if that lawnmower cuts off your toes, don't you come running to me. And I, you know what? I probably wouldn't. And, and so that's, that's pretty good psychology. My mama taught me about the three-letter word, word sex. She said, how do you think you got here anyway? And, I, and that was good enough for me. And I learned. My mama also taught me about genetics. She said, you're going to grow up and be just like your father. Uh, some of you heard the same thing. 
My mama taught me about justice as well. One day you're going to have kids, and I hope they turn out just like you, and then you're going to see what it's like. And I know you've heard that before. Isn't it amazing how we teach our kids the same thing that our mother taught us? And we often, that carries on. There is a debt that we all owe our moms that we can never repay. But we ought to make installments every day. They deserve a paycheck of appreciation, of acclamation, admiration, and affirmation. Last night, my, my wife said, it's time that we go to the graveyard. I go, oh, Lord, who's dying? She said, nobody's dying. We're going to honor our, our mamas, your mama. I said, okay. And so it's something we do twice a year. We go and we wire the f- new flowers on the grave. And some of you haven't been over there. I've seen some. No, I'm just kidding. <clears throat> but we put new flowers on there and we put a flag for my dad. And, uh, and I can remember when I stand at those two tombstones of the times that my mama was my mama in the, in the real life and things that she'd tell me and, and times that we would have fun and, and then times when it wasn't so fun. And it just brings back all these memories about my mama. Well, I still think we need to honor them even if they're gone. And one of the ways that you can honor them is to make sure you take care of their grave. Honor them with flowers. Honor them with, with a memory <clears throat> that you spend. Because I know you're busy and sometimes we don't think about mama. But, you know, that's, an, that's a way that you and I can honor them. I hope you'll do that. And I hope that you understand how important it is to let the mamas know that are living, that you love them. Hug them and kiss them. Uh, You'll get your fair share of whoopings. Just make sure you show them that you love them. And you mamas know that these kids, if you spare the rod and you spoil the child, uh, even, even I know my wife, she never hit them one time in her life. I had to do all that kind of stuff. I only know one time that my wife even got close of spanking my kids. And I heard them a-hollering and a-yelling. I wanted to go in there and see that, man. I was getting excited. Somebody other than me was tearing them up. And she was taking that belt, hitting the bed, and saying, holler now, holler loud so Daddy will hear you. They never got a whooping from her, but they sure got them from me. And they say I'm with the grandkids that I've lost my mind when I tell them I won't spank them, but I don't. I'll leave that up to them. But let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. You only get your mama one time. You only have your daddy once, and then he's gone. Well, one day we'll all spend our, uh, going back to that in eternity, and we'll be able to see him again. But until we do, make sure you honor their memory. Amen? Let's, let's pray together. Father, I thank you for the mama you gave me and the dad you gave me. And I pray that each child that's listening and each mama and each dad that are here, that rather than being wore out and and wrung out all the time, they'll understand the importance of their role. And that they need to be people of character, of integrity, of a moral nature. Strength and, and skill and safety is what their kids need. And what the home needs to be built around 
through Jesus being number one. I thank you for these that have come out tonight. And as we begin to shift next week to Sunday at 11, I pray that these guys will let their friends know and different ones in the church, Lord, that they'll bring us all back together in the parking lot next Sunday. And we'll have a wonderful time worshiping you. Thank you for their love, their commitment. Thank you for your love for us and taking us through this difficult time. And that you'll bless them and give them a safe trip home. In Jesus' name, we pray. And all God's people said, blow your horn. <laughs>